What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Uglies Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. The Big Guy. And what a wonderful week for the Big Uglies. I mean, seriously, the NFL Combine was an absolutely smash success for the big guys in the trenches. Maybe the fastest running 40s ever for the big guys. I mean, I think how many guys was it? It was like four times. It was like 10 or 12 guys, I think, that broke under five, which was just electric factory. So that's pretty amazing. It just shows you how much the game has really been changing. I mean, seriously, all jokes aside, serious athletes on the field up front nowadays. And not that there, not that there always hasn't been, but man, the game is really changing. There's some athletic guys up front, and they still got the size too. That's the amazing thing. I think I saw a D end. Granted, he didn't look that big, but a D end ran like a four three. I mean, what the hell's going on? We got D ends running four threes out here. You you bet your left tackle better run like a four nine. That's just the the new era of the NFL. I feel like getting guys in space, getting downfield on screens. You got guys like Trent Williams going as an H back in motion. Um, just a lot of a lot of big guy touchdowns last year as well. The NFL just seems like it's slowly changing to the more athletic prototype in the trenches due to one the offensive game plans, but two also on the defensive side of the ball, you got these D linemen, D ends, outside linebackers who rush who are essentially just running sub sub four nines easily, right? And then you got some guys who are even running high for like four or five, four sixes, which is crazy quick for the size of those guys. But the game's changing, and I think that was reflected in this past NFL Combine. But all, all overall, all-around success for the big guys for sure. Jordan Davis, out of control. Absolute specimen, man-child, great for the brand, great for the big guy brand for sure. Dude is just a freak. I don't know. People were DMing me, like, hey, did you check this guy out? And like, I'm like, obviously. Like, Jordan Davis, I know all about the big guy incredible all i can say is just freakish i mean just literally he shouldn't be able to do what he's doing at his size and i know there's some motor questions or stamina questions i'm sure he'll figure it out especially when he gets when he gets nfl training i'm sure he'll figure it out whoever's gonna get jordan davis is getting an animal up front and just the georgia defense in general i mean i think we knew how good they were and how fast they were but man People were everyone's talking about Jordan Davis because his his size is just a mountain man, but like the two other D linemen, they were all flying. Safeties were flying. Their whole defense, they were just flying on the forties. No surprise, but man, just see the numbers that their defensive guys were putting up. That's just a special group that Georgia had last year, and not surprised if they won the national championship, right? So basically, long story short, it all checked out for them <laughs> with these times and the testing testing that they did. Another huge news across the league, obviously, yesterday, Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay. Not really a huge surprise there. I feel like when you really boiled it down and thought about, all right, where's the best, most realistic place where he can win a Super Bowl, I feel like it always was Green Bay. Um, so I'm not. I'm personally not surprised that he went back there. I felt like he was always just using his platform, whether it was personal or McAfee show or whatever, just to get some leverage in terms of the negotiation room. And I think he did that. I don't think they specify the details of the deal yet. He came out and said all the stuff that's being reported isn't actually true or he hasn't at least signed yet. Um, so rumors are it's 50 mil a year, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> that'd be, that must be nice. But this furthermore proves that the Jordan Love pick was absolutely abysmal. I'll stand by that till I die. 
I don't care if it was smart to think ahead and plan ahead for a backup. No. They should have went all in and got somebody else, whether it's defense or offensive weapon, to support Aaron Rodgers. And now he signs this mega deal. It makes that pick even look more pointless and stupid. Um, but nonetheless, I'm actually kind of happy that Aaron Rodgers, one, he's staying in the NFC. Like, as a Steelers fan, the, the AFC is, is packed enough, especially with the Russell Wilson news. But before I get to him, I just want to say I actually like when guys stay on one team their whole career. And obviously I'm biased growing up with a guy like Big Ben. But, like, I don't know. I'm not, I, was, I'm, I was hoping – and I guess Russell Wilson might continue this trend, but I was kind of like I disliked the trend of like Peyton Manning leaving when it's making a super team and winning, um, Tom Brady leaving making a super team and winning, uh, Matt Stafford leaving making a super team and winning. Now potentially Russell Wilson. It's like I'm just not a fan of these guys being somewhere for their careers and then jumping ship and trying to make like super teams in the best situations. I know that might become a trend given just the new world of the NFL, but like I hope it doesn't become that way. I kind of enjoy the process of like a Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville just grinding it out for a few years before they can finally build around him and get good. I don't know. I enjoy the process, as crazy as that sounds. Like a get-rich-quick scheme, I'm just not a fan of that. So I'm kind of glad that Rodgers can you know, go out with on, green, on his own terms in Green Bay. I think that's pretty cool. And I think it ultimately does give him the best shot, especially now in the NFC with Russell Wilson leaving. Like, I think NFC is definitely the best place to make the Super Bowl, at least, versus the AFC right now. And that leads us into the Russell Wilson news. Getting traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. I've been a big Broncos advocate since last year. I've always felt like they were just barely missing missing some pieces here and there. Most obviously at quarterback even though I didn't hate Drew Locke, I felt like he kind of got, you know, I don't know. I didn't. I can't say I watched enough Drew Locke to make a definite statement on him, but I always kind of liked his moxie and whatnot. Um, but obviously, Russell Wilson's way better than Drew Locke. And I think this might be a hot take. I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but maybe this will get you guys started up in your car or your workout, wherever you're listening to this. But I think right now the Denver Broncos, top to bottom, I think they have the most complete roster in the AFC West. Call me crazy. Tell me the Chiefs or Chargers, they're way better. I'm telling you right now, defensively, offensively, I think the I think the Denver Broncos are top to bottom the best, most complete roster. So, with that being said, if they stink next year, I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is and accept the accept the L. But I'm just saying right now, don't be surprised if the Broncos make a little run next year. It might might not happen. Maybe in a few years from now, I don't know. But I'm just saying, I think they have a very good team, a very good defense. They have a, a young offense. I think they still have some room to add some guys, particularly up front um, on the right side of the line in particular. But I think they have the pieces there to be a very successful football team right from the get-go with the addition of Russell Wilson. Like, to me – Automatic should be automatic playoff team if everything works out how it should work out with Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. Um, but that's all the NFL news I really have, or I don't, I don't want to keep talking because I had a great long interview with Jalen McKenzie, USC's Jalen McKenzie, and I want to get into that because it's looking like it's going to be a long edit, long interview. So as you guys know, I like to keep my podcast you know under an hour or around that mark as best as I can. So, yeah, on this week's We Are Big Guys Path to the Draft interview, I sat down with USC's Jalen McKenzie, who was also a member of the Denny's 
Pancakes for Pancakers team. So it was fun to talk to him about that, get to learn more about his time at USC, how he's preparing for the draft, what he's looking forward to most, how he's training now, some of the people who influence his life in the football world. Just an all-around solid interview. So I hope you guys enjoy my interview with Jalen McKenzie. So let's get into it. And before we get into the interview, I want to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. All new users will get $20 off their first purchase when using the code we are big guys at your checkout. That's it. Whether it's live sports, live music, whatever, any event, any live event you need to buy tickets for, use SeatGeek and then use my code. We are big guys at checkout and you'll receive $20 off your first purchase. Oh, but I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I'm, I'm excited to get you on because I interviewed your brother and mm-hmm. it wasn't until I started researching on him that I made the connection between everybody. Like I, yeah. did, I never, I never put you guys together or your dad or your uncle. And then yeah. I, once I got into it, I was like, Holy Everything crap. just came together. Yeah. <laughs> it, it all made, yeah. it all made sense eventually. Um, but I'm excited to get you on and yours is actually going to go up before his interview. Um, oh, okay. So no one's going to have to heard his side of the things yet. Um, but for those listening, yeah, I might have to fight him because of that. I don't know. Like, <laughs> might've just started some, yeah. <laughs> but for those listening, I'm talking to Jalen McKenzie right now. And Jalen comes from a long bloodline of football players. His dad, Reggie McKenzie, was a linebacker in the NFL for a long time. And also the nephew of one of the hogs in Washington, Raleigh McKenzie, which is pretty awesome. So you got the big guy blood in you as well. And then your older brother is currently a D lineman for the Ravens, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. So you come from a long lineage of football players. And I was just curious and i asked you Brian, i gotta i gotta i gotta mention one of one in there too uh yeah never like to never like to forget him he was my dad's roommate up in tennessee when they're at tennessee so yeah when i was born he was made my uh my spiritual godfather and that's reggie white he was that's really awesome influential um in both me and my brother's lives uh till he passed away but you know he definitely got to mention him he's a he's a great he's a great man too one of the one of the goats as well Hasn't been a hump move since his, in my nope. opinion. It's actually funny. Somebody tried to hump move me in a game one time, and I was just in film, and I was just like, just just looking at it, just laughing in my mind. Like, I can't that. <laughs> You're right. Who do you think you are, kind of thing? No, um, I was just like, wow. It, it just what are the odds? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and did you get to know him at all, or or how young were you when he passed? Because I he, I know he yeah. did pass like oh five ish, right? Yeah. So he passed in oh four. Okay. Uh, Shoot, like his memories I just have of him is just like being like a, a figure. When you're that young, you like look at them like they're like Greek gods or something, you know? Right. So it was like you just looking at him and it's like, this is Reggie White, but it's like, wow. And then I had a, I remember, man, he signed a jersey for me like when I was real young, man. And I like, mm. if I could try to squeeze in that jersey right now, I would. But, <laughs> That's really awesome. Yeah. A lot of my memories of him are, are just young, being thrown around, and little stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously an exceptional football player, but also just an amazing guy as well. I remember yeah. I watched his NFL life or whatever feature they did on him, and he was like a phenomenal guy off the field. Um, yeah. So that's that's a small world. That's pretty cool uh, that he's, he's a part an amazing of man. Yeah. God-fearing awesome. and all that. Definitely. 
Um, so with all this being said, do you feel like any pressure, any pressure to, to live up to all this football family lineage and, and family friends like Reggie White? Or is that something that, you know, you kind of just have a chip on your shoulder because of that background? It's kind of like a mixture of both. Like I put it aware, like, you know, at the on one hand, of course, you have pressure because you want to, you know, prove your like that's always one thing you know I've tried to do is not worry about proving a bunch of people wrong or prove my people right so like you know you always have that you want to prove people that love you that they're right you know and also I have a, a, a an expectation of myself you know to have a chip on my shoulder that you know yeah like it's almost like well my older cousin used to show us all like mafia movies and gangster movies like back when we were young and stuff so it's like it's almost one of those like it's almost like with the Corleones, it's like, well, if you're if you have that last name, there's just a certain certain stuff you got to do. You know what I'm saying? And so you, yeah. you just have to ball every time you go out there. And it's like ever since I was a kid, you know, that's just been me is like whatever chip on my shoulder I'm going to put on myself. It's like I'm going to ball every time I'm out there, every time I'm on a field. Somebody's like, oh, that's Reggie's son. But that's Khalil. Right. Like for a long time, I was like I wasn't even Jalen. I was just little Khalil. So it's like. <laughs> With that, it comes just like, you know, you want to be a dog every time you get out there. It's like if everybody's gunning for me or if everybody, you know, know that, then I'm going to have to show, you know, who I'm about. I'm going to show who I was raised by and stuff like that. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's not even like in your, in your, you know, decision of whether or not you are, because when they see the last name, they automatically put the that pressure on you, just the media mm-hmm. and people around you. Um, so I was curious how you went around dealing with that, but you, I mean, so far so good. You went to USC, which is a perennial power in college football, and you were on the Denny's Pancake Team, which I'm interested in. Want to get into? How did that all come about? And did, what kind of deals did you get from Denny's? Did you did you get to f- get free pancakes or something at least? <laughs> well, you know, part of the contract that I signed, I couldn't, I can't speak about any of the details of the deal. Uh-huh. But I'll tell you that I, I was able to eat a lot <laughs> and, you know, that they that they definitely made a move on, you know, just supporting college athletes and like putting something out there that's cool. And they definitely had a good like platform for it, had a good idea, pancakes for pancakers. So it was just a great relationship. So they actually just emailed me uh, before the season and hit me up, stuff like that. And then we had them talk to, you know, who was representing me and all that stuff and finalize the contract and all that type of stuff. But they just hit me up and told me I was going to be on it with um, Mark Evans, HBCU, um, and then Nick Nicholas Petit Ferrer from uh, Ohio oh, State. Right. So we were just all on the email and stuff. And they were just telling us, like, that, that they were going to try to push this uh, new ad and that they were going to try to get offensive linemen, you know, some love and and some publicity. And, like, that's definitely something that, like, is going to be great going forward with all this NIL stuff and just college athletes getting more respect because I think maybe in college at least it can be one area where the big men lead it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think it was cool just to see a major brand, um, you know, showcasing linemen as well. Like, I thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. because that's what I'm trying to do with my brand, and I feel like it's rare to yeah. see – major brands come up with that concept of pancakes for the pancakers, which I think is pretty great. You spent five years at USC. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming you had a good time there. I'd love to, to learn more and know about how you enjoyed your time at USC. I mean, Sue, man, it's just like, it's a place that's just full of opportunity, full of, uh, 
you know, just, just great people, people, everything over there is to be the gold standard and it's to be like, great. Like mm-hmm. the biggest thing about USC is I had to learn was like that. Not only do you have to compete on the field and practice every day, like you have to compete in the classroom, bro. Like there's like, I didn't know that. I don't know the exact number, but there's like 2,600 people who were in my class. Like when I like class like period, like that were accepted into USC. Yeah. And so it's like, it's like not only just a competition on like, the football field and playing and stuff it's competition like every day in your classroom and like there's kids there who like were grinding their entire life just to be able to be in that same seat so it's like mm-hmm. it honestly like just brings like a different like drive out of you and then you like meet all these people from all types of backgrounds i mean i've met like and i was in a uh, i was in poli side but i went international relations and foreign policy okay it's funny with everything going on in the world right now people <laughs> be asking me questions but like I just met so many people like in that, in my major and on campus and stuff. And like, just like some learn so much. And I think that was like my biggest thing at USC is like, it was able to develop me so much like on the field, of course, because like mm-hmm. the standard that you're held to on the field is crazy. And then off the field, like just with business and like all the business meetings we had and the financial advising and this education, there it was just a whole like realm of just like, like development and nurturing and like it was just it was really it was really great it was a great place you know I met mm-hmm. some of my lifelong friends there you know made great memories on the field you know was able to win a Pac-12 championship my first year didn't contribute that much but you know at the end of the day like that's the thing about USC is like you really learn how to like just shine in your role and you learn how to like grind bro like you learn right. that like there are countless people I can name off names that have been in your spot just trying to eat get on that field you know what I'm saying who are absolute legends of this game and so like whenever you're in that mindset or you're in that that season or you're in that like off season you're just like you constantly are thinking about that you're constantly reminded of that and you know so USC is really the full package of academics mm-hmm. and football uh, we don't have to get into the Ukraine Russia situation <laughs> I don't know if we want to go down that path no, no, no. But I'm interested at your time at USC, you talked about memories. Do you have any certain game or moment in general that's your favorite? I'd have to say two. I'd have to say hey, it's a lot, but I have to say like <laughs> two just stand out. And I'd say like if 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 our game against UCLA during COVID, like where Amara had that walk-off touchdown, we I scored with like 40, like 45 seconds left. We threw it up to Tyler Barnes and we threw it up to Amara. We scored yeah. won the game walked off. Like if there would have been fans there for that game instead of like it being COVID and stuff and then having it all just be filled with cardboard seats. Like I'm telling you that would have been an instant classic. It's like right. that locker room after that game, like just going up, like just turned up, like just turning <laughs> ourselves up. Cause there ain't nobody there. We just like turned. Right. We won, you know, yeah. we can't, we just getting on the bus, going home, <laughs> and going back to our bubble. But like, yeah, that was that was turnt for show right there. Like that was definitely a great memory. And then um, I'd have to say it was 2019, I think, and uh, Utah came to the crib, and actually I made like a terrible play at like the second play of that game, a terrible play, bro. Uh-huh. And just like from that, from like one of my memories for that, it was just like it was just like the bounce back from that and that whole game. And then going to where we were like, Utah came in to our crib, like ranked number 10, 
you know, they running back had a lot to say about us before the game. It was all this stuff. It was all this hype that week. And then my boy Greg, corner, like, boomed him right before half. And then, like, recovered a fumble. We took it down the field and scored. And we ran in halftime. It was just turned up, man. We won that game. And it was just, like, a lot of that. Uh, it's a great memory of, like, just resiliency for me. You know, as an O-lineman, like, you're going to get, you're going to get, like, you're not necessarily always going to get beat, but you might have a bad play. You know what I'm saying? Even if you didn't get beat, it might have been a bad play, bad situation. You just had to bounce back from that. And like yeah, for that sure. game for me is definitely a good memory of just resiliency and then it ending out being sweet at the end. You know what I'm saying? With a win. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I vividly remember that, that COVID game against UCLA. One, UCLA-USC uniform matchup might be my favorite in college football. It's just, yeah. It just looks so good on the field, both the, yeah. both the teams. Um, and then just St. Brown as well because he's a beast. And I literally got him on my fantasy team this year strictly from college, like just watching. And he, he single-handedly – him and Mark Andrews single-handedly won me my championship. Um, wow. So I love St. Brown a ton. Uh, plus, one of my buddies I played college ball with, He's like really close to EQ. So I've never met either of them, but I know that he's boys with all of them. So I knew of him and his family mm-hmm. from that connection as well. Um, so I've, I've been all aboard the St. Brown train. So um, that, that's, that's a family too, right there that just right. doesn't accept anything but the highest. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. From their pops being Mr. World to all them like doing what they're doing. It's just you like knowing Amara, anybody who's still sleeping on him is going to get woken up. Bro, he's. You know I, mean, I don't saying? know how you. I don't know how you could be after his this past season. He like he yeah, dominated no. the past the second half of the year. He was crazy. He played. He played running back. He was like Debo basically, running back, yeah. receiver. He did it all. Yep. Was- and they saw that running back tape from when we actually. That's another good memory right there too. Because Mike Pitt, Michael Pittman won that game for us. We went to go play Colorado, but first first uh, drive, um, we were down like I think three of our running backs were hurt. And so Amara went back there, took the direct snap. We really, we really were just, I think we were running. Yeah, we ran like power. We ran power to the left, bro. Cause I remember I just had a hands block on the right and I like hands. And then I like looked to the left and I just seen Amara sliding. And I was like, oh, he scored a <laughs> touchdown like at running back. And I was like, oh man, it's about to get, it's about to get real for real. Yeah, I had Pittman too on my team as well. I, I totally forgot about him. I was deep with USC guys this year in fantasy. I, that's the so all you, you gotta do. Draft Drake London next year. I know. I heard. I heard he's a the real deal. I know he got hurt, but people are saying like he's still a top receiver coming out. If he's, he's not healthy. a top, he's the top. I ain't gonna lie. They, they say so. He's, so you're saying he's that good? No, I'm saying he's better than like anybody's like. Like, whatever they put on him, he's better than that. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, that's a dude who, like, literally told us in a team meeting, like, yeah, like, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'm not going to play basketball anymore just to focus on helping y'all and being a bigger impact on the team. But a dude who did that after they just went to the Elite, the elite Eight, you know, and he's a beast at hooks, mm. you know what I'm saying? And then just going to come be our number one wide receiver and almost – really be on track to break records before he got hurt and like Definitely. be a Belenikov finalist with playing half a year. Like, come on, bro. It's crazy. And I know you're leaving USC, but I want to ask about Lincoln Riley coming in and Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, what do you make about all that? I'm sure there's a ton of buzz right now 
at you around USC. I don't know if you're there or trained there or whatnot, but um, I want to get your perspective on that. Yeah. So I actually um, went to get a little bit of treatment up at the school. I'm training in San Diego at Exos, but okay. I went to go get a little training, a little work in the training room at, at USC. And then I had went on a day that they have what's called PRPs, player ran practices. Because mm-hmm. they can't they can't have like OTAs with coaches and stuff in the offseason. So they have PRPs. And I was just watching them throw and I was watching like the team often how the offense looked. And I'm telling you right now, anybody who wants to bet against USC this year, they can have it. They they can have it. They'll be sad puppies. I'm my prediction is the Pac 12 is officially gonna be USC's again, like in terms of sheer dominance. Well, like yeah, that. you know, it's, it's back to that time. At the end of the day, like, we had to uphold that standard and still uphold that gritty, you know, and just in 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 hopes of this team getting a direction. Now they really got a direction for real. At the yeah. end of the day, my, my class was the first class off sanctions. It was the first, right. one, the first full class off sanctions. And so, you know what I'm saying? Five years after that, we ready to we ready to take it over. <laughs> yeah, so you guys get a lot of credit for that, I think. That's a tough burn to carry. Yeah, I mean it's tough, and then we had we had a lot of dudes, but you know what I'm saying. It's tough to uh, to have that kind of kind of sense of direction. You have to you have to create it, and then you know what I'm saying. We've I've won a Pac-12 championship and got back to another one. So in that in that frame of like finding out the direction for USC, we still were being able to hold ourselves to a high standard. You know what I'm saying, and keep that and keep that heart and everything that's just gonna drive them to where they're mm-hmm. gonna go. This interview is brought to you by SeatGeek. All new users will get $20 off their first purchase when using my code, WEARBIGGUYS, at your checkout. That's it. Any live event, sports, music, whatever, just use my code, WEARBIGGUYS, when you're checking out, and you'll receive $20 off your first purchase. Now let's get back into my interview with USC's Jalen McKenzie. Yeah, looking ahead to your pro day and then ultimately the NFL, just wondering from like your perspective, like what are you most excited for? Uh, to compete at the next level, the highest level. Um, honestly, I'm just I'm just excited to to be able to compete. One, I'm excited to get in there wherever I go and getting in in that old line room, bro, and just like getting to know everybody, getting to start to work with each other, work with the guards, work the centers, work the tackles, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm really just excited for like that aspect. I feel like um, I feel like it's almost like when I first got out of high school. You know what I'm saying? And I, I was going into USC. Not, not to say I was going in just blind, but I was obviously going in like just ready to work, bro, and just ready to show, uh, showcase what I can do on the field. Like that's really all I'm ready for. I'm just ready for that new opportunity. Whoever takes a chance on me, and just being able to go in there, bro, and go crazy and just start, mm-hmm. start, uh, start building that that relationship with the team and start uh, gaining the respect of my teammates and coaches. Now I'm curious because I have two older brothers who also play football, also in the trenches. If we never got to the point where we're, you know, one's in the NFL and one's trained for the NFL, have you ever gone and done one on ones with your older brother? I mean, yeah, honestly, we used to like to practice. To, yeah, we used to try to like kill each other on like a regular <laughs> basis. So, like, we used to definitely go at it when we were younger. Uh-huh. Kind of when we started to both get big, it kind of used to be like, like more like playful, I guess you could say. When we were younger, it was definitely a lot more serious. When we got older, it was definitely a lot more playful because we were too big and we could then hurt each other. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we definitely be going at it, man. We compete in everything, to be honest. Like, growing up, if I like, I love the Lakers, and so he was a Celtics fan. 
Uh, like Celtics in the I, West like, Coast. Like, that's just how we did. Like, like whatever, we just went to the opposite. <laughs> I love Barcelona. He likes Real Madrid. Like, we just compete in everything. <laughs> <laughs> what about NFL teams growing up? Did you just root for your, your dad played for or are you fans of the West Coast teams? No, I mean, I rooted for whoever my dad was with, to be honest. Green and then, Bay and Oakland. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, always, like, rooted for players. Like, that's the thing. Like, I always did. Like, I, I love Peyton Manning as okay. a player. I always rooted for him. I always rooted for, like, LaDainian Thomas, who was my favorite player for a long time. Chad mm. Ocho Cinco. I used to have the Ocho Cinco jersey, like, <laughs> back in the day. And I used to throw the jersey, Ocho Cinco jersey on before I went to the park, before I went to just go play pickup. Yeah. I, I really I really would think I was Chad Ocho Cinco. So, like, I think <laughs> I was really just more of, like, a – a fan of players and i think that's a, another important part of like me because i was definitely a fan of a lot of players it's just like who i want to be as a player who i mm-hmm. want to be as anybody you know looking up to me or looking at me you know yeah definitely i feel like people also forget how big ocho cinco was like i've i've got yeah, arguments no I've, I've got arguments with people because i'm a steelers fan and they're like no one's been good in the afc north besides the raven steelers i'm like when Ocho Senko was on the Bengals, they had some serious years when they were like legit, especially yeah. with Carson Palmer and stuff, USC guy. Mm-hmm. He was he was big time. Like he was unreal to watch. So they forget about Andrew Whitworth. And they forget about Whitworth. Yep. Yeah, they forget about bro who Pac-Man Jones. Pac-Man. Where they had, they had some good players. Like seriously. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not even just saying that because you mentioned Ocho Senko, but they had some good players. But I always appreciate his creativeness and swag out there. And I feel like you have some swag as a big guy. And it seems like as of late, some guys coming into the league, some newer linemen are starting to, you know, be a little more swagger, you know, out, outspoken than the, the, the other past guys. You, would you agree with that? I'd say I'd say yes, definitely. I'd say I know a couple of guys in the league right now who I could just think of. Definitely be dripping on the field. Big Jed, Jedrick Willis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jedrick Willis for the Browns. Jedrick be swaggy. <laughs> Trent Williams. I mean, Trent Williams be swaggy. Taylor Lewan be swaggy. So it's like at the end of the day, like we're getting more recognition as that, like, and also as the game goes on, like big men on both sides of the ball are getting more athletic, stronger, doing things differently. Like the game is changing to where they're kind of being like, I don't know, featured. Like you've seen Trent Williams go in motion and blow right, somebody right, right. up, like an H back. You know what I'm saying? You see yeah. all linemen going in the field at extra alignment, tight ends. So it's like the game is just trending to a way of like you need alignment, you need these athletic alignment that can do only the things they can do. Mm-hmm. And so like I feel like that's feeding into like people just dressing better, bro. And like me, I've always thought of like just like I said, I loved Ocho Cinco. I used to love Terrell Owens, and I like I really feed into that look good, feel good, play good. Like definitely, even at practice, like you can ask anybody at practice. If I'm if if I'm not dripping at practice, and that means <laughs> I don't want to be here, I just put on whatever I put on. Right, and came out to practice. No, I had to I had to think about what I was wearing to practice today because I'm trying to go dumb. <laughs> yeah, and that that's a really good point too. I I agree. Even this year, I think it was like a record amount of big guy touchdowns too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like a lot of linemen are starting to be featured in different ways, and I'm sure that the Trent Williams in motion 
will become installed in a lot more playbooks because I didn't really even think of that as an option. But now that guys are as if you're as big and athletic as he is and you can do that and pull it off, like why not throw him at the H back, you know? So I think we could see that being implemented more as well because Man. guys on both sides of the ball nowadays in the trenches, like you guys are definitely huge. Don't get me wrong, but like you have more of a tapered athletic body than like the old school guys. I feel like, mm-hmm. and it's just a different game. It's more athletic and more like one-on-ones being featured and guys pulling and getting downfield. Like that's the kind of stuff I post. Um, so mm-hmm. I've, I've seen the game evolving over the years just from me doing my stuff. Yeah. The game is all about now getting athletes in space. Like, yeah, for sure. And so that's, that's big men. And like, you know, back in the day, you didn't see many outside linebackers dropping in coverage. Mm-hmm. And so nowadays you don't see many tackles taking pass sets and then going to block a corner or, or taking pass sets, going to block like second level defenders on the whole other side of the field. Like you weren't seeing that type of stuff because the game kind of was more of like a game that's played a game of inches, mm-hmm. a game. I forget what the, what the old saying is. It's like something in a cloud of dust, but that's the way the game was played. You know what I'm saying? And so, so the game's not played in a cloud of dust anymore and just trying to fit in a gap, B gap, C gap, like the game is played in space and you need guys who are going to play in space. So. Yeah. I couldn't agree more now outside of football. I know you're preparing for the draft right now. So you might be very, dialed in on you know eating healthy getting a lot of sleep training whatnot but when you're not preparing for the nfl draft what are the, some of the things you like to do? um so outside of outside of football i mean obviously like anybody else my age like i play video games so i like to play fifa okay. i'm like a fifa guy like i'll, I'll go toe-to-toe with anybody in FIFA. <laughs> i actually want to play chat out joe cinco in fifa i was just gonna say he's your guy but um i like to play fifa bro i like to like i like to watch stuff i'm a movie buff so i watch movies uh go to the movies and like mm-hmm. stuff like that and then i got my i got my my best friend i got a little micro pitbull man my my guy zuko i watch nice. anime too that's why his name is zuko but I like to you know we just be chilling doing our little thing stuff like that go to the beach obviously cali kid all that go to the beach bring the dog to the beach stuff like that yeah, um, that must be nice. It's like 20 degrees where I am. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, I just be chilling, man. I just be playing a game, chilling with my dog, be with my girl. And that's just really it, man. I'd be training. Um, but other than like stuff I do for fun, I say I like, I like to like learn new stuff. So like I'll watch like a documentary or stuff like that. Or like, I'm like a, a like I'll listen to something like a podcast, but like, not like, I'm not going to say not like a podcast like this, but like a podcast that's like boring. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I see how it is. You don't this podcast to... isn't boring. I, I, w- I would watch something that like might bore somebody else, but I'll just be sitting there listening to it. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I, I'm actually not a big movie TV guy, but I do. I'm a sucker for like podcasts or even like YouTube kind of informative shows, I guess, on stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like I think it's enjoyable learning about like, different things in like finance or like, I don't know, just random stuff like that, where I feel like some people be like, well, that's not like it, to me. If I like spend time, if I spend too much time watching like a movie, I'm like, I could have been getting better somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it's like a casual podcast where, but you're learning about things. So mm-hmm. that's where I stand on the whole, the whole movie TV show thing. Cause a lot of people always bring up movies or TV shows. And like, I haven't seen any of them and I feel like super out of place. <laughs> yeah 
it's like for me it's like other than but kind of i like i ain't gonna lie i had to read so much stuff at usc like reading reading just got like i didn't even like reading anymore but i definitely like to watch stuff to learn um i'm a i'm a i i personally was a nat geo kid like when they had nat geo for kids i was a nat geo kid and i was an animal planet kid i watched a and e all that so yeah like, but like like that's see i think that, that kind of stuff is interesting though like that's kind of stuff's cool to me like you ever watch like planet earth or like blue world yeah. and stuff like that like yeah you ever see, watch like, um the undis like undisclosed mysteries and like where they where they go to all like the wonders of the world or like places like that exactly talk about ancient civilizations like that's the type <laughs> of stuff i watch see that's the type of stuff i watch that's what i'm saying like if i'm watching something at least you're learning about cool stuff that i you <laughs> never like i never would read about that but like if it's in a f- show format i will like same with documentaries and stuff like real true life documentaries i think are awesome too but like the fake stuff i'm like I just feel like I'm wasting my time. Yeah. The type of people like us are very few and far in between, <laughs> but I feel like they make those type of shows for us. And that's just why for I us. Them. I mean, they must be getting some numbers or they wouldn't be making them. We're not yeah. alone. We're not alone. No, nah, we're not alone, <laughs> but I'd be finding, I'd be finding random people who like watch that type of stuff or like think about that type of stuff. And just be like, oh, man. I'll be like, yes, I can talk <laughs> about this. <laughs> yeah. I could be myself around you. Yeah. <laughs> Another obvious topic that I love to talk about and discuss with the big guys is food. And I've had some great, no pressure, but I've had some great food discussions recently with my guests. And I like to talk about your favorite food. It can be as broad or specific as you want, but also some of your favorite food spots. And in your case, in and around USC. Okay. Boom. It's a food truck on campus now because they got a food truck for it on campus that anybody can go to pepe's red tacos okay you're gonna get you're gonna get some tacos that's that's it like honestly yeah tacos like bro like and i'd say like spanish food period like anything that trickled down from spain by way of you know anywhere central america mexico (laughs) chilean dishes i don't care like i love any dish like that so it'd be that, and then it'll be like Jamaican food, like bro. Actually, it'll just be Jamaican food and island food. Period. Like if I'm if I'm gonna go to a Hawaiian barbecue spot and get some mm-hmm. manapua, or some or some musubi, or I'm gonna get some oxtails, beans and rice, or I'm gonna get some beef patties, like and some plantain <laughs> and some plantains, like other than tacos and stuff like that. That's yeah. what I mean. But like. My go-to, honestly, is just like, bro, at any time, at any time, I'll be like, I eat breakfast tacos. It's breakfast time. <laughs> so I'm going to need you. To, I'm going to need you to explain what some of those dishes are, because I have no like, I have no idea what anything you just said, aside from like the oxtail. OK, so Manapua is like I, I think it's Hawaiian, but I know it's a Polynesian dish, right? OK, so it's like it's like bread covered like a meat inside but it's like sweet bread on the outside like, like a cornbread it's, like, it's it's not like cornbread it's like a it's kind of like doughy so it's kind of like a imagine like a like a jelly filled donut but it's not jelly and it's not like sweet like a donut but like i'm saying that's like the dough consistency like the texture yeah that's a texture but imagine that with like seasoned like pork in there like seasoned, mm, okay something like that and so that's fire lumpia 
you ever had lupia <laughs> no i've never been to the west oh. coast bro bro I, I'm <laughs> right now. i've never been past minnesota dude I, i've literally been east coast my whole life all right if, if if you ever come to the bay area shoot or or be in la and i'm out there like we're going to get some lupia because you how you just said that you have to try lupia because it's like people like try to explain it as like an egg roll but it's not an egg roll you know what i'm okay. saying it's really not but it's like it's a filipino dish bro and it's just fire like i can't even explain it okay but it's kind of like it kind of looks like an egg roll but it's not it's just fire okay and then what else did i say i said uh oh that spam must be that's yeah. like that's just like meat wrapped in seaweed and rice so it's like a sea, it's like a seaweed rice meat sandwich, but it's fire. I feel like I've seen that before. Yeah, you've definitely at least at least pictures of it at least. Yeah, because it's like yeah, it's it's definitely like a most common dish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else did I say? Oh, I said plantains. Plantains are like fried bananas. Right. Do they taste like bananas? No, they taste like they they look like bananas, but they're like. <laughs> They're like they. I think they're like part of the same fruit family or whatever. But like bananas are like a different, just like a different type. And then there's plantains. Mm-hmm. But man, some good fried plantains <laughs> to go along like with some rice, some beans, some oxtails, curry chicken. Like, now, isn't there that like, right there? Isn't there like a famous Hawaiian tray that you can get too? I forget what the name of it is, but there's like a name for it. It's like a tray, and you kind of get a, a mix of all the different kind of. It's almost like a barbecue tray, but yeah, barbecue mix plate. Is that what it's called? If you gotta go, so you gotta go. I mean, you can go to a lot of places. You can go to JJ's Hawaiian. You can go to L and L Hawaiian barbecue. And if you get a barbecue mix plate, you are gonna get short rib, barbecue chicken, and like um, shredded beef. Mm. But me, I always when I get my barbecue mix plate, I substitute which is taboo. Some people be like, why are you taking out the short rib? No, I substitute the short rib for chicken katsu. <laughs> and chicken katsu is just fried chicken. Okay. But it's Hawaiian fried chicken and it's fire. Um, now, now, is there any sauces with any of this stuff? Because yeah. I'm a big sauce guy, like in terms of condiment usage or just sauce in general. So like when you're saying like, it's like an egg roll, like or the plantains, like are you dipping this in anything or is it just like seasoned and you eat it? Okay, so the plantains and stuff like that, that's why it like it always will come with like beans, rice, cabbage, and like kind of like a stew sauce. So like it's kind of a side. So you gotta mix it in. Some people eat it by itself. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I'm gonna mix it in. But <laughs> stuff like uh masubi and like manapua and chicken katsu, like you gotta put all that. Honestly, I put all that in the katsu sauce, and that's like sweet and sour, but like kind of with a teriyaki feel. Okay. It's kind of like more of like a red sauce sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then you can get the, the teriyaki sauce is just always. And then you go to the sweet and sour. And then, uh, man, I wish I had some, but there's this sauce. It's like red, yellow, sweet chili sauce. That sweet okay. chili sauce, you got to eat all that with. That sounds good. I love a yeah. sweet, like when it's like, a, you can kind of see the chili flakes in the sauce. And it's like very. That's exactly how it is. Yeah, that stuff's fire. I've had that. Yeah. I'm assuming it's similar, if not the same. No, it's um, probably the same sauce, bro. Fine. Yeah, that stuff's really good. And then in terms of like desserts, I know you got to have some favorite desserts here. The way you're okay. The way you're now talking you're about these. 
now you're getting me started. Um, there's so much like, there's like, for me, there's like a dessert palette, right? Because there's like, there's like, you got your ice cream and your gelatos, right? which like, I'm more of like a frozen custard person, not like ice cream, but like frozen custard. And there's a difference. Is that because of your Green Bay roots? Yes. Because you gotta, you gotta get frozen I know about that. If you're in anywhere in the Midwest, period. Yeah, I know about it. So boom, you go frozen custard, but then like, there's also like, gelato you know mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying there's also all that type of stuff and then once you get into like comfort food then you get to all the pies mm-hmm. like, i i bruh, i die for a, a pecan pie sweet potato <laughs> pie peach cobbler you get into the yeah. pies and cobblers the pie and cobbler world to me is like it's just a, it's it's a different it's a different world. Pie and right, right. world. Um, <laughs> what about? I'm not a cake person. I don't like cake. Not I don't like cake either. We're on the same page here. I I, I'm not, I like I'll eat it obviously because I'm a big guy. But like yeah, I like just eat it. But I'm like I'm I don't want this cake. Right, I'm right. I'm the same way. I've I've always I when I grew up I always got like the ice cream cake for my birthday. Like I don't like regular cake. Me I too. Feel, I just feel like. I don't know. I'm like, I'm wasting, I'm wasting my time here. There's so many better options. So I'm, I'm glad yeah. we're on the same page with that. Definitely. Like if, if, if I'm gonna waste my calories on like a dessert or something like that, then it like, it can't be like cake. It can't just be like chocolate cake. Yeah. Like lemon, lemon cake for me is if like you look at a big guy and you put like lemon cake in front of him, <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest slaps in the face. <laughs> like, well, just compare a peach cobbler to like a, a lemon cake too. It's not even close. It's not. It's really not. It is. It's not even close. And for the custard, do you mix the custard with the with the peach cobbler, or are you like vanilla ice cream for the peach cobbler kind of thing? Nah, for 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 cobblers and pies, it just got to be a, a smooth vanilla, but it has to be vanilla bean. Right, it can't right. be French vanilla. Nah. Right. No, no, vanilla bean like you should be able to see the little beans and those little, the little specks yeah yeah, yeah and then you're good then you're good exactly that right on the pecan pie warm it up a little bit mm. exactly but it's fine i love that you said custard because i went to i had my first culver's experience just this past summer mm. and i've heard all about like concrete mixers and custard and it lived up to the hype to say the least i, I enjoyed it no nah, definitely and culver's is getting to be more worldwide you know what I mean? it is and like so now it's just a, a totally different game. Like Culver's is worldwide. So like frozen custard is now gonna be brought to the world. Concrete <laughs> mixers. My 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 concrete mixer is a mint Oreo for sure. Wow, okay. See, I'm so I'm not a huge mint ice cream guy. I think it tastes like toothpaste. So I, mm-hmm. that's that's where we disagree on the first thing, I think. Um, I, I'm a simple like M M&M and M Oreo kind of guy. See, I'm either I'm either mint Oreo or I'm like Oreo and Butterfinger. Okay, I mean that's fair. I I understand I'm probably in the minority there too with that because I feel like anybody I've talked to and say that they're like you're crazy, dude. Like yeah, I, like mint chocolate chip's a big deal for a lot of people. I feel like like I wanted to say it, but you know, you, I just didn't want to do you like that. But yeah. <laughs> no, you can do it. Like, I, it wouldn't be the first time. I, I I've caught a lot of heat for that take, but you know what? I'm I gotta stand by what I believe in. I can't. I can't just follow the masses. Yeah. So that's how I yeah, feel about gotta, it. <laughs> you got to you got to stand firm. If you're going to have a firm stance against mint ice cream, you have to stand on that. <laughs> because if anybody finds out that you that you you started liking mint ice 
cream, then they're gonna come for you and be like, "Why? Why were you hating the whole time?" <laughs> well, that's that's what's scary is when you do take that stance. I feel like I can't go back on it now because, like you just said, if I ever switch up, it's gonna be like, "What were you doing for twenty five years?" That's what I'm saying. That's how I feel about Brussels sprouts, bro. You like Brussels sprouts? I, I like Brussels sprouts because I feel like they're the vegetable made for big men. Like they're always come with like a parmesan, like topping See, with bacon and stuff like, like that. Sometimes they're like, maple glazed. Sometimes they're maple honey glazed. So it's like, I always was a hater, bro. I was a hater for a long time. But see, I still, I know what you mean. I've had this conundrum recently as well. And my brother makes like these maple glazed ones, like the syrup and stuff. And he was like, you'll like these. And I still like, I still didn't love them. But like you're saying, I was like, I feel like I should like this because it's literally syrup put on my vegetables. Mm-hmm. Literally. So like you put your brain in a, in a blender because you're like, what am I? I feel like I should like this, but I still don't. So I still I still yeah. think I'm out on Brussels. See, I was out for a long time, but now I'm I'm, I'm fully in. If, if I see Brussels sprouts <laughs> and I'm like, dang, I got to get vegetable with this meal. I'm going to get the Brussels. They roped you back in. And last question, in and out or Whataburger? Whataburger. All right. So this is going to this is going to make you react the same way you did like 10 minutes ago. But I've never had either. Oh, <laughs> You've never had in and out No. Oh, man. Bro, I'm from Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, Whataburger and In-N-Out, they don't even, like, the closest ones to me, I don't even know what they would be. Like, Texas, maybe? Unless they're in the Midwest somewhere, I don't think they are. So, I've never had either. It sucks, I know. You're going to have to open up, open up, open up your, 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 your burger connoisseur, if that's a word. But you definitely have to have to you you have to go in and out first, and then you have to eat Whataburger, and you'll know that like whenever somebody says Whataburger is better than In and Out, <laughs> they're they're full of it, they're crazy. Yeah, I mean, I was I was fired up just to have my Culver's experience under my belt finally because I've heard so much, like so many linemen I've interviewed are Midwest guys, mm-hmm. and one of my good friends from college um, grew up in Minnesota, so Midwest as well, mm-hmm. big big Culver's fans. And they were the butter burger. It was good. It lived up to the hype. It was solid. Um, it wasn't like the best burger I ever had fast food yeah. wise, but like it was still solid. Um, but I'm excited to try in and out and Whataburger. Um, I, do you do I order with the toast or not? Like the bun or the toast? Or is it all toast for Whataburger? How's that work? Um, Whataburger is like a Texas thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm kind of anti Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> but I say that you got to order it with the toast because when I we went out there with the Cotton Bowl, um, like I think it was 2018, 2017. But mm-hmm. we went out there for the Cotton Bowl and like we all went to Whataburger and we definitely got the toast and stuff like that. They have a lot of really good sides. I'd say maybe their sides are the only thing that could creep up on In-N-Out. That's it. Okay. So, But if you go to In-N-Out, you might have to write this down. <laughs> You have to either get a double double animal style and tell them no onions because sometimes they'll put onions and the grilled onions from animal style on it, like that's just too much. Mm, okay. So animal style, the burger, double double. You gotta cut it in half so that you can like dip it in your spread that you're gonna get. And so boom, you get that, and then you get an order of fries. As you're a big guy, you get one order of fries, there's regular with salt on them. Mm-hmm. Ask them to salt them. And if they don't, just let them give you some salt packets. And then you get one order of animal style fries. And then you get a Neapolitan shake and you get it out the door. 
This interview is brought to you by SeatGeek. All new users will get $20 off their first purchase when using my code, WEARBIGGUYS, at your checkout. That's it. Any live event, sports, music, whatever, just use my code, WEARBIGGUYS, when you're checking out, and you'll receive $20 off your first purchase. Now let's get back into my interview with USC's Jalen McKenzie. <laughs> That's the exact order? That's the exact order. Oh, for, I, I, you can hold me to that. I don't know if I, when I, I'll ever be near one um anytime soon but i'd like to you get never out. know where life will take you yeah for sure but I'll, I'll remember that so double double animal style regular fry salted hold the onion on the, on the double double mm-hmm. and then animal style fry neapolitan shake and when they ask you would you like spread you have to be like yes hella spread hella spread and they'll Is know it- exactly what you mean <laughs> is the spread like a thousand island type type deal yeah but it's like it's just secret sauce so it's you can better. say it's thousand island but it's just it's like, just secret sauce right like if you try to replicate it's like, it it's hard to do yeah it's like it's like um the good burger sauce welcome to the good burger you can't make the sauce again only only he knows how to make the good burger sauce <laughs> exactly well that's awesome i'll definitely have to, i'll definitely do that i'll let you know when i do as well but i'm sure that texas people have to be like cutthroat about whataburger i imagine at least they're like, very cutthroat ride or but die the thing i always say to texas people is they started to build in and outs in texas but they did not build one whataburger in california the whole state. That's a fair so argument. That tells you something. If the economy over there needs in and out, <laughs> I gotta say, that's a good point. Like, if if they were as good as they say, why wouldn't they be in California by now? You know? No, I agree. I feel like that's a pretty good argument right there. <laughs> when you're, I'm on your side for sure. See, well, exactly. That's with all that being said, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, take, take, taking the time to talk and meet, uh, you know, I feel like we've been DMing a while back and forth. So it's nice to finally sit down and, and chat. And after I've okay. met your brother too, I, I've been waiting for this interview. So I enjoy myself and I'm looking forward to see where you land. Oh yeah. I enjoyed it too, man. I appreciate it. Any more questions just before we go X's and O's, anything like that? You didn't get to ask. Uh, see, I, I try to do a chill laid back interview style. I try to stay away from like, my brand general like i tweet like in instagram a bunch of highlights and whatnot obviously um but for the podcast leads i kind of just want to create like a medium where people can come and listen and get to know your personality and obviously we like talk about football a little bit mm-hmm. um but not only that is i feel like so many interviews that you guys do is always like x's and o's and like very scripted you're you're taught your you know how to handle interviews of like what to say in these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to get away from that and just be like a casual talk about like what we just talked about for like 30 minutes, you know, Facts. I feel like, that, I feel like that's a lot more enjoyable because I, even though I probably should, I don't really view myself as a media member. Like mm-hmm. I think like, obviously I am technically cause like I am, I, I have a brand. It's like an LLC. It's legit. And like, I have been doing this podcast for. Don't a keep bit. yourself out that box, bro. You are the media. You know, I think people a lot of times think the media just has to be a big, either a big company or a big corporation and stuff like that. But all that type of media is kind of it's not controlled, but it's definitely catered. And I feel like the uncatered media, like what you're doing with your podcast and like letting people get to know us and stuff like that, like 
I don't know if any of my Fox Sports interviews have ever gone like this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Any of that type of stuff. It's always you have. They have to cater to their audience as well. And so exactly. I feel like you know you're definitely part of the media, bro. You know, and you're doing something that that is an emerging market, and it's definitely like needed to have more less structured media interviews and stuff like that with athletes and all that type of stuff. You got to have stuff like this where you know we're just sitting here shooting the shit. Yeah, and that's literally. I appreciate that. Um, and I, I think the best way to put it is like, I, I know I am media technically, but like, I don't want to be viewed in the same light as those guys because I'm not oh, like, I'm yeah. trying, I'm trying, like you're saying, I'm trying not to do that. I'm the best way I can explain it. Like when I talk to people either before or after is like, I want it to be like, we're two guys sitting down, like having a beer or something, you know, like mm-hmm. ca- casual friends, like passing the ox. Like that's where I think the cool conversations come from. And like, get to know the guys versus like what happened on the field Sunday or, you know, Saturday or whatever. Like, obviously some of those stories are cool and it is, it is fun to talk about. Like when I talked to some of the older guys of like Owen Cruz was on, he was like talking about playing against Warren Sapp. Like, all right, that shit's kind of cool. But like, I want to hear about what it was like and what the trash talk was like and all that kind of stuff. Not of like, now, do you now when you're reaching them on a three, like a Y three, where are we getting a hand placement? Like, I'm not really, yeah. like, I'm not trying to yeah. get into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the angle I'm trying to take. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. So I, I appreciate that you're at least recognizing that I'm different because I do agree. I feel like we're, I feel like we're in a big swing right now, honestly. Um, and maybe I think, maybe I'm just hyping myself up in terms of like what I've been creating here, but like, it just seems like a lot of mediums where like it's more genuine con content is starting to do a lot better than like the ESPNs of the world or like Foxes mm-hmm. of like very stuck up interviewee types like content. Whereas mm-hmm. like Pat McAfee and like busting with the boys, like these kind of chill layback podcasts. I am an athlete. Like I feel like those are doing so much better than the traditional mediums. And mm-hmm. I think, I think it's because like we're talking about right now, like it's more interesting to hear like guys can be themselves versus like giving their structured answers just to sound good, you know? Yeah, definitely. So and, uh, for real, it's like at the end of the day, like in interview settings like this and in podcast settings like this, like you can, you can like actually have a conversation and it brings a listener into like if they were just maybe eavesdropping on a conversation and they're right, learning right. instead of like, they're just listening to get a report. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Had 33 points, 10 rebounds and two assists. And this mm-hmm. is posting an interview. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But instead they're letting a listening ear to something like it's actual conversation. It's actually like, you know, two people getting to know each other and two people talking about something that's honestly somebody else can understand too. Cause when you get into the, to talks like this like not everybody's going to understand the technique of reaching a three a wide three when you know what i'm saying you have to give your running back a two-way go not everybody's going to understand that so it's right. like why talk about that type of stuff in these settings it's more just talk about a conversation that other people can be able to exactly you know, insert themselves in or learn from well the average person knows damn well about that red chili sauce we were talking about you know what i mean you like, know that's that's what I, that's what i'm trying to get at um, but well, I was going to say something when you said, oh, like the eavesdropping is a really good, that's a really good uh, word to describe it. And, and I've been working on that hard because 
this is only like my 40th episode or whatever and probably half the interviews probably like my 15th or 20 interviews mm-hmm. um, but i even noticed like when i started out i was so structured and formal that like i, I would listen to myself and be like if i was if i was like a, just a lyman fan like would i actually tune into this like i try to grade myself hard you know yeah and i was like i feel like i'm still too formal so that's why i got rid of like I used to do a formal intro. I kind of got rid of that. Um, I used to have like really structured notes of like, I got to follow this. And I've kind of like tried to break away from it and kind of just give topics versus like legit questions. Yeah. Um, just to have, like you're saying more conversation, like that's the key. Like the best podcast, at least what I listen to, or when you listen to it, it sounds like you're in the room with them and you're just like kind of there chilling. Exactly. Versus like you're saying like, being told just information it's it's cooler mm-hmm. it's cooler being a part of like the conversation almost and like in your head laughing and talking along with it like oh like or like hearing you like ripping on whataburger or someone being like like screw that like i love whataburger like that, yeah. that that's the kind of emotions i want to get out so that's what i'm trying to do yeah you're definitely now, doing it bro but now i'm just venting so <laughs> nah, bro you're definitely doing it you know i'm just glad to be a part of it you know At yeah the end and- of the day like, Lyman thing, need more love, bro. Lyman need more love. Well, I mean, that's how all this started in 2014. Because no, literally, I take pride and I believe I was the first account to ever showcase Lyman. I stand by that. At least on Twitter. I don't know if Instagram. I wasn't on Instagram yet. But no one else was freaking doing it. And I was like, no one's talking about the most important part. So that's how all this started. Um, like, you got to there's so much in there's so much personalities too with the big guys like mm-hmm. some of the funniest hilarious most caring dudes on the team are the linemen but they never get the light because it's just not how the regular media has always been so mm-hmm. i was like if i can showcase the big guys through my stuff i was like that's awesome you know so we'll see i think it's doing well but got a long ways to go obviously oh yeah now, any way I can help push it along, you know, in my career, bro, I will always be right. Right here, you can just hit me up. All right, and I hope you enjoyed my interview with Jalen McKenzie. And before I sign off, just quickly want to go over some of the free agency franchise tags up front for the Big Uglies. So franchise tags so far, Jags franchise tagged Cam Robinson again. I believe that's the second time now. Chiefs franchise tagged Orlando Brown. And the big news, which I guess kind of makes sense given this, the, the situation of the Saints with their salary cap and Bree's gone, Peyton's gone. But Toronto Armstead is going to be set to become a free agent, which is a pretty big deal. I could see him um, going somewhere big time to compete. Um, so... Keep an eye out on that. But that's all I have for you guys for this episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. As always, shoot me a follow at We Are Big Guys, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whichever podcast platform you use to listen to my podcast. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a five-star review. Follow, subscribe. I know they're all different, so I try to remember all the different ways you can help me out. Uh, but please support my podcast on those platforms as well. It helps a lot. It means a lot. I appreciate it. And last but not least, if you haven't yet, check out the new We Are Big Guy store, www.shopwearebigguys.com for all your big guy apparel needs. And I'll see you right back here next week. Thank you, and I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week.
Thank you.